0: As I thought about this and just the whole chapter in general of 1st Corinthians 15, which is a great chapter, the thought came to me that there's more to this life. More to this life sometimes than we realize, more than this life, more to this life than some people know, and more to this life that God has for us. Let's pray as we consider that thought this morning. Lord, we thank you for this time you've given to us. Thank you for your goodness, thank you for your grace thank you lord that there is hope beyond this life and i pray that we'll be reminded of some important truths this morning and you'll help us to perhaps reset our thinking or to refocus our priorities about whatever's needed in each heart that you would do it If there's someone that's here or someone that's watching online that is unsure of a home in heaven i pray that you would touch their hearts and Convict them of their sin and their need of the Savior. And that they would turn to you today, Lord. and Realize the power of the gospel and what it brings to a life. Lord, I pray that you'd empty me of myself. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, just like the song I sang, Lord. Fill me with thy spirit. And uh, use me, Lord. I want to have the right heart and the right spirit and the right words this morning. And I know you can give that. Touch hearts, Lord, and do your work through me. Lord, I also ask you to be with the junior church as well, that you guide and direct them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I've read this verse many times, as I've read the chapter many times, and there's a lot of great truth in 1 Corinthians 15. In fact, one of the verses in 1 Corinthians 15 is one of my favorite verses, one I've clung to, which we'll get to eventually toward the end. But uh, it's a great chapter and great truth in it. This chapter The bulk of it concerns the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Certainly a great Easter passage, and I've preached from this uh, concerning the resurrection at times. There were some, evidently, as the Apostle Paul is writing to the Church of Corinth, there were some, evidently, who said that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, although the evidence was clear that he did. So the Apostle Paul was explaining to the Corinthians the uselessness of following jesus if he's still dead and that's the truth as we'll see as we go along henry moore said the bodily resurrection of jesus christ from the dead is the crowning proof of christianity if the resurrection did not take place then christianity is a false religion if it did take place then christ is god and the christian faith is absolute truth of course we believe it's absolute truth and hope you with me believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's crucial. That's important. When I tell someone about Jesus or explain to them how to be saved, I always mention the importance of believing not only that Christ came and died on a cross, but also that he rose from the dead. Don't leave that out in your, in your gospel presentations. Amen? Because that's crucial to know that Jesus is God and he has the power to rise from the dead. He has the power to save and to bring us to heaven one day. So the resurrection is certainly important as As we consider this verse and thought today, I I do pray that it will help us refocus our priorities and emphasis. And as we get bogged down in the world during the week, uh, sometimes we need to be reminded of what's important or refocus our priorities to put them back on uh, the hope and the help and the Savior that we have, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope it will do that this morning. I want to preach this morning on more to this life. This passage tells us if Christ did not rise, if there was no life after death, Then we would be of all men most miserable, living day by day without hope, even if we believed in Christ, but didn't believe Christ rose from the dead or that we would rise. What an empty life that would be without hope. In fact, the wording he uses, as you see, is we are of all men, not just miserable, not just miserable, but most miserable above all others. That's a pretty strong statement. By the way, can I say sometimes that's the case if we're a Christian and we profess that we know Jesus and we believe the Bible and we believe that he died and, and maybe even would profess that he rose from the dead, but we're not living like it, or we don't believe he has the power that he says he has, or we don't live in light of the resurrection of Christ. We can be pretty miserable Christians, amen, if that's the case in our life. Perhaps that's why many there's some miserable Christians or Christians that just always feel depressed and discouraged as perhaps they just forget the God that we serve, the Savior that we have. He's not just a a dead leader of a religion. He's alive. Uh, He's uh, uh, there on our behalf interceding. He has the power and he gives us the power to live a life that pleases him and that fulfills his mission. And, And if we understand that, we can live life with life. We don't have to live a life described here. So, As we consider this, we want to perhaps ask ourselves a couple questions this morning. First, is your life about just getting through another day? I know some days you feel that way, right? I'm just glad I got through today. That kind of seems to be the mantra for 2020, doesn't it? If I could just make it through the day, I'm okay. It's a little short-sighted, though. Is your life about... Perhaps getting all you can while you can? That's a worldly pursuit that doesn't bring joy. Many people have tried to just get all they can get and, uh, and just surround themselves with the material things of this world or with the money uh, in their bank account, and they found that doesn't equal joy. It may equal some temporal happiness because you have things and you can do things, but it doesn't bring lasting peace and joy within Or do you just see your life as a collection of just monotonous days that will inevitably lead you to the grave? Well, that's pretty depressing, and that will lead to a lackluster life without purpose in this life. Many people think that you're born by some evolutionary process. We're here. We have no real purpose. There's no accountability. There's no God. And we just live through a collection of days, just live it up as we can, and eventually we'll die, and nothing after that. And that's a, purposeful, a purposeless life. And I suppose if, if that was the case, then just live it up. Enjoy whatever you can, because it will end soon. But, but praise the Lord, and thankfully to God, there is more to this life. Because of Jesus and his death, his burial, and resurrection— and we want to consider a few things about there being more to this life from this verse and others we'll look at this morning. We'll zone in on this verse and we'll look at some others as we go along. But as, as I looked at this verse, I thought of a few things um, that I want to bring up. First of all, there's more to this life than just living for this life. I know it's not necessarily talking about that here specifically, but it, it relates to the fact that there's more than just this life. We have hope beyond this life. And there's more to this life than just living for this life. Notice the first five words. If in this life only. If in this life only. And I thought about that. If in this life only. If we only live with this life. In this life. With an earthly perspective. Or seeking earthly goals. We will be most miserable within As we've already said, those things won't satisfy. Just focusing on temporary things to the exclusion of eternal matters will lead a void in your life. Many people have that void, but they don't know what is going to fill it until someone like you or I go and tell them. Amen? Going with the gospel. Throw that in there. Unless we go out and we tell them, they won't know. We have to live with more than just an earthly perspective. Even as a Christian, we can... Get our focus on the wrong things and live with an earthly perspective and just strive for the uh, earthly type goals, temporary things, and we, to the exclusion sometimes of the spiritual matters, and that as well will bring a void in our life because we're not fulfilling what God wants us to in this life. We're not focusing on the right things. Life is designed by God to be more than what we see. We find from the Bible that we're created as body, soul, and spirit. Right? There's three parts to us. It. It's not just the body. It's not just the physical. Our life is lived in light of eternity, in anticipation of heaven, and in waiting for accountability as we stand before God one day. Therefore, we must have an eternal perspective and heavenly goals as we live this life. Let Matthew 6, 19 through 21 remind you and Perhaps help you this morning to refocus on what's important. Jesus says, Jesus himself says to his disciples, He says, Lay up for yourselves treasures, excuse me, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so often when we focus on treasures, now it's okay to have some treasures. It's okay to save your money. It's okay to to have a good job. It's okay to uh, certainly gain some things in your life that God's allowed you to have. There's nothing wrong with that. But when, when that becomes your treasure, then it indicates where your heart is. Indicates where the focus is. We find later in Matthew 6, Jesus says in verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. But we can't get it backwards and seek the thing, all the things and then hopefully get to Christ in his kingdom. No, we seek Christ in his kingdom and his righteousness. And then he said, I'll take care of all these other things. You've got to put the priority in the right place, the emphasis in the right place. Why, you say? Because there's more to this life than living for this life. There's more to this life than just what we see here and what we're doing at the moment. We're not living for this life, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. We're living for heaven. Certainly... We should be connected. We're not saying be disconnected, withdrawn from this world. The Bible says in John 17 that we live in this world, but we're not of this world. What we're saying is our mind and heart ought to be focused on things that will last forever. Colossians 1, or excuse me, 3, 1 and 2 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things in the earth. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it." Mark 8:35 and 36 says, "But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall a profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Listen, how miserable we can be if we're living only with this life and what we see in our minds and hearts. But we've got to realize that God's created us not only to live this life in the flesh but also to consider those things of the spirit. And as we walk with God day by day, he can help us to understand there's more to this life than just living for this life. And uh, again, let that reset our thinking as Christians. If you're not a Christian, then certainly you need Christ first and you need to trust him as your savior. We'll mention that in a minute. But as a Christian, we've got to understand that, yes, there's, Things we need to do in this life and, and we're in this world, but we're not of this world and our focus and our emphasis isn't the same. In fact, it would seem odd to someone who doesn't understand this because it says if you save your life, you'll lose it. And if you lose your life, you'll save it. And it's talking about a yielded and a surrendered life, heart, mind, body, soul, spirit, a surrendered life to God. And when that happens, he said, you'll have true life. You'll have true joy. You'll have true peace. But if you save your life and you're just concerned more about earthly matters and temporal things, then you're going to realize you're going to lose it. In other words, you're going to realize and you're going to come to the place where you understand you haven't fulfilled the purpose of God for your life. You haven't followed the will of God. And I know uh, that should be our desire as his followers. There's also more to this life than placing hope in this life only it says if in this life only but then it says if in this life only we have hope and as i was thinking about that and i know it goes further on and we'll we'll mention that but if we are placing our hope in this present earthly life we are most miserable what is the highest achievement of hope in this life if we're placing not only living for this life but we're placing our hope In this life, in other words, if your highest hope of achievement is that job, that money, that house, that position, that uh, influence, and and those aren't bad things to seek after, but if that's your highest goal and hope and achievement in this life, you're going to realize it doesn't, doesn't satisfy. That's not true success in God's eyes. The hope to make the most money or to have the most things or to know the most people or to be happy. And those are fine things. We're supposed to enjoy life and we ought to. And as a Christian, as, as we've said, you ought to enjoy life. You don't have to be miserable living for Christ. In fact, he wants you to be full of joy, abundant joy, full joy. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to be a testimony. He wants you to fulfill his purpose for your life. But this life is not the end. You've got to be careful. Our hope goes beyond this life. Our hope go- goes beyond what we can set up as an earthly kingdom for ourselves. It goes beyond to see the heavenly kingdom that we're a part of. And that God wants us to uh, build toward. If we live and die and that's it, there's lacks real hope. We might as well do what we want, live it up. Be concerned only about you and go to the grave Partying. Paul says this in verse 32. It's essentially what Paul says, just in different words. He said, if after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, and he's not talking about lions and tigers and bears. I know you want to say, oh my. go ahead, get up. But what he's talking about is those who are coming after him and trying to stop him from preaching the gospel and are, are persecuting him. He said, if after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it?" advantage it me, if the dead rise not. What's the point? How is this helping me to do all of this if there's no hope beyond this? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. That ought not to be the motto of our life. Amen? If it is, your priority is in the wrong place. I think about that, and I think about the fact of what he was facing, and if Paul was saying that all this trouble I'm going through to preach the gospel, to live for Jesus, to travel here and there and everywhere, to encourage other believers, all this I'm facing while I'm doing this, the suffering, and other passages talk about a suffering, the the persecution. What what advantage is it to me? How's it helping me if the, if we don't rise again? If there's no hope after. This life. We got to ask ourselves the same question, right? If What is all this for? What is giving up a Sunday a morning to be in church and a Sunday night and a Wednesday night? What's all that for? What is giving up your tithes and offerings uh, to, to your local church? What use is that? Uh, giving money toward missions to those who are going everywhere around this globe to preach the gospel. What's the point of all that? What advantage is it if Christ didn't rise and we won't rise? What advantage is it if we only have hope in this life? What advantage is it if you're living for Christ, but you're being persecuted? If there's a tax upon you because of what you believe? Uh, if you're losing friends because of where you stand? Uh, if, if, if you're, you're uh, 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 maybe losing promotion because of some integrity or character you have, that you have to lose in order to get that promotion? Uh, what advantage is all that if you're not going to heaven, if there's no hope beyond this life? Would be a waste. And I can understand what Paul's saying. There's more to this life than placing hope in this life only. There's more to this life than living for this life only. Romans eight, twelve and thirteen says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for you if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. How miserable that would make us if we lived with lived this life with hope only. And what the world has to offer or some achievement in this life. If you have the right focus, the right priorities, the right hope in the right place, then you can just press forward toward that with single vision and all these other things that happen along the way. All these um, hindrances and obstacles and difficulties, they're not going to shake you up. They're not going to knock you down just like Matthew 7 says when your foundation is on Christ and his word the storms will come but you're going to stay strong but hey if your focus is on the economic system of our country or you're because you're you're hoping to you know your 401 or your stocks to go up or if your focus is on the job that you have that man they're going to just provide you with what you need or, or your highest achievement is popularity or position or fame that will all fade, that will shift, and and that will sway, and, and sometimes that will disappear. What will you do then? If that was your hope, if that was your highest achievement, that's going to cause uh, distress in your heart and life. Which is why probably many commit suicide and get rid of their lives and are hopeless. Because that was, that was it, that was the hope. If you live for this life, you're going to have many of those discouraging times. If you live with hope only in what you can achieve in this life, you'll be sadly disappointed and discouraged. But I'm thankful there's more to this life. There's more to this life than having even hope in Christ only while you're living. There's more to this life than even just having hope in Christ only while you're living. Notice what he says, verse 19, if in this life only, and this is the main point of this verse in the section of verses, if in this life only we have hope in Christ. Right? He's not talking about someone that doesn't believe in Christ, but the whole context is the resurrection of Christ, of whether or not Christ rose. And he said, if, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all, of all men most miserable. Uh, We'd agree this morning that if you only have hope living for this life and in this life, certainly we're miserable. But he goes even further than that and says, hey, if if we're believing in Christ and what he did and who he is, and we only have hope in him in this life because he didn't rise and we won't rise, then we're of of all men most miserable. Think about that. It would be short-lived and lacking hope of anything in the future. If we believed in a Jesus who could help you in life, but not take care of you after life. There's many religions like that, right? Many cults even, who have hope in some charismatic leader. Hope in someone that perhaps is still alive, or maybe was alive, but is dead now. And they only have hope that they can do some good in this life, but no hope beyond it would just be like everyone else. It may make you moral. Some people follow Jesus just according to the moral teachings that he gave. That's not enough. It may make you moral to follow G- a Jesus that can't take you to heaven or that didn't rise. It may give you some sort of purpose while you're here. But in the long run, it, it really won't matter. Not to mention it, will, it would be extremely difficult we touched on this a little bit, but it's extremely difficult to endure the persecution and hardship a true follower of Christ faces if there was no purpose or future beyond this life. I'm thankful that we have the hope of the resurrection. You see, if there's nothing after this life and we just die and go in the grave, even believing in Jesus, then we're most miserable. But that's not the case. 1 Corinthians 15 20. This is the next verse. Let's read verse 19 into 20. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Read 20 with me if you're there. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Were you reading with me? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> i here's myself with this mic. <clears throat> Isn't that good? Listen, the first fruits of them, that means he was the first one to rise from the dead, of course, and to stay alive. Others who were raised from the dead before were raised and died, but Jesus rose from the dead and stayed alive. He's the first fruits of them that slept. Uh, we're going to follow him, and we're going to be in heaven with him as well. Those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. It says, but now that would be the case. He said, if this didn't happen. In fact, let's go back real quick, verse thirteen. But if there be no resurrection of dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching. Vain, and your faith also is vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. Can I just say that? Uh why is your why is our faith, the faith in Christ in His Word, so important? Because Christ rose. Why is preaching so important? The preaching of the Word of God? Because He rose. And if we understand the power of Christ and the power of the gospel, then we understand the power of the faith we have and the power of the preaching of the gospel and the word of God. Go on. Yeah, and we also found false witnesses of God. What's the point of witnessing if Christ didn't rise? But listen, you ought to be a bold, faithful witness because he did rise. And we're not just talking about some religious leader or a moral teacher. We're not just talking about someone who went about doing good, although he did. We're talking about God, the Son, in the flesh, who died, not just had some fainting spell, uh, but he actually physically died, and then three days later, he rose from the dead. And that same God who rose from the dead has the power to to raise us and to save us and to give us a home in heaven. We we raised not up, if, uh, if so be that the dead rise not, verse 16. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. You don't sit here forgiven. sit here still, a sinner, bound for hell. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Those who believed in Christ before you, those who have gone on and have passed away, Believing in Jesus. We'll never see them again if Christ did not rise. And if we rise not. Verse 19 and culmination of that is what we started with. If in this life only we have hope in Christ. we We are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead. And become the first fruits of them that slept. And I'm thankful that we do have hope. We have the hope of the resurrection. We have an opportunity to be forgiven of sin, to have peace and joy and purpose in this life, and to be in heaven with God forever one day. There's hope through the gospel. In case you're wondering, well, what's that gospel we have to believe? Or in case someone's watching and you're uh, concerned, well, how do I know for sure I'm going to heaven? How do I have Christ as my Savior? How do I believe in the gospel? This is the gospel, chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which is good news, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein you stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, According to the scriptures and that he was seen of Cephas and of the 12 and about 500 brethren, it says at once. And we see here the gospel is this, the fact that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, put in the tomb. And three days later, he rose from the dead and was seen of many witnesses after his resurrection. That's the gospel. He said unto them, I preached it unto you and you received it. And as we believe what Christ did for us through the gospel and we receive him personally as our Savior. We will have everlasting life. We will have this hope we're talking about. Uh, not only in this life, but also beyond this life to heaven. Christ died and he rose and he proved he is God and has the power to save. There's more to this life. Romans fourteen seven through 9 says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live under the Lord, and whether we die, we die under the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. You see, because uh, through Christ there is more to this life, there's also accountability to the Lord to live for him who died for us. We have a responsibility. We have a uh, uh, a reason to live for him because of all he's done for us. We have a purpose. Because there's more to this life, there's also an inheritance from our Lord. In First Peter 1, 3 through 5, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, we must and we can live for more than this earthly life can offer. As the verse says, we are of all men most miserable, most miserable if we are living with hope only in this life, if we're living only for this life, even if we have hope in Christ, but deny, reject, or doubt the resurrection, we'll be living less and below what God desires for us, and we'll lack the hope for the future that He wants to give us. When you think about it, things that would maybe bring fear and doubt and distress to the average person in this world, and especially one without Christ, shouldn't bring that upon shouldn't cause that same effect upon a Christian who has hope beyond this life. doesn't mean we're not fearful at times or distressed when things happen. But ultimately, we have a higher achievement, a higher goal. We have a hope that goes beyond this life. So whatever that can happen to us in this life, we know there's life beyond that, eternal life with God. We know we're not just living for what we can see. We're living even for that which we can't see say, what's that called? That's called faith. And uh, so we have a, a different rule, a different goal, a different hope, a different purpose, different sight, if you will, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not that we're better than anybody else, but through Christ, we're certainly better off. And we're looking to heaven, and that should change the way we think with all that's going on in this world, the craziness in this world, the chaos, the disturbances. We know there's more to this life. By the way, we're supposed to share that with others, so others know. You know, there's some people that are hoping, maybe even praying, that there's more to this life. Yet yeah, we have the answer. Every opportunity we have to talk to someone, to witness to someone, to share this truth with someone, could change someone else's life. So they go beyond, perhaps, hopelessness. In some cases, misery other cases distress some cases just sorrow and struggle and help them to see that there's something beyond that there's more to this life what kind of life are you living are you hoping to just get through today are you living like there's not much to look forward to like the corinthians here are you listening to voices around you twisting or warping the truth of christ an everlasting life in heaven. The Bible still stands. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a reality. Life is more than what you see because of how the God of the Bible planned it and how he rose from the dead. Regardless of the circumstances around us, the Lord has great plans for us and will give us purpose in this life and a home in heaven after this life. And no matter what you go through, like, like Paul said, I've fought with beasts at Ephesus. What advantage is it? Has it advantaged me? if christ didn't rise not that he was just looking out for himself but he was making the point man all that i've been through all that worth we go through at times all that perhaps we may go through in the future for the cause of christ it's all worth it because one day we'll stand before our god in heaven forever in first corinthians 15:58 after all of this after all the talk about heaven and the resurrection and what god Has done for us. Paul closes the chapter with one of my favorite verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore. You know, therefore is because of what was said before. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Stand if you would.